Good evening and welcome to the Sons of Dynasty 2022 Rookie Review Show. I am your host, BZ, at the BZBFF on Twitter. How are we all doing tonight? We're excited to have you guys. So what we're going to do is we are going to go through a uh, some of our favorite picks in the first round, second round, uh, maybe a couple sleepers. We're just going to hit you guys with some knowledge, have some fun, maybe a little debates. But first off, we need to kind of go through and just introduce this crew of sexiness on the screen because it is getting hot. I'm sweating and it's not because it's hot outside. In the corner is my man, the myth, the legend, the brother from another mother, and the guy that helped me, well, help, you know, we kind of got this all going together years back. But Dan Brown at Dan Brown NFL on Twitter, co-host of the SODFS podcast. What's up, my homie? What is up, guys? It is good to get us all in here. I uh, really feel like we got the whole team together for this one, so I'm I'm excited. You know, uh, done lots of podcasts with some of you guys. This is a first for me to have our our newest member Rusty here on, on air with us tonight. Man, I'm I'm excited to talk about some of these rookies and really get the hype train rolling as we are heading into you know really kind of overreaction season as some of these uh, you know practice videos are starting to leak out into Twitter. Uh, you know the momentum's going to carry, and we're here to to do our parts if you will to make sure that it is just really fluctuating based off of our thoughts and opinions here tonight 100 percent, man and you know our thoughts and our opinions are <laughs> we got some crazy stuff going on we've always had some debates in the chat so this should be an interesting show uh next up on the other side is my man nate ffl uh, another guy on the SODFS podcast, him and Dan just doing some work during the DFS season. Also the big NASCAR and betting guy over there with Garage Guys. Um, what's up, my brother? What is up, man? It's uh, it's really good to be here. It's been almost six months since Dan and I have been on screen together, but this is even better because it's the first time that the whole family is together. So I'm stoked for the show. Uh, happy to be here. Couldn't think of a better way to spend my Sunday night. Yeah, man, we're excited. This is exciting to get us all on the one table because, like I said, we talk all the time, but we haven't done a pod all together. So this is going to be fun. Hopefully, we got many more to come. Next up is going to be my man, Coach Craig at Coach Craig Sports, um, writer of the True North and We Bet underscore ATS. What's up, brother? Yes, uh, like you said, I do a lot of different work. Doing pretty good tonight. Uh, some people are probably going to have some different opinions than me on some of these guys that we'll be talking later on. So it's going to be yeah. a fun, fun little part. Yeah. <laughs> I already know. And, I know. I already know where this is going. It's going to be good. <laughs> and uh, I know Dan showed his ownership shares. He's got some of my anti-coach Craig guys in quite a few leagues there. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll keep it interesting. And last but not least, well, one of the last but not least, but our new guy. Rusty, Devin B44, my guy, the hot sauce maker, just got married recently. A lot going yeah. on for you, brother. We're excited for you. We're happy for you. Congratulations, first off, Thank and you. welcome Thank to you. the pod. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Like you guys are saying, so nice to get everybody together and like this. And yeah, it's been been a busy, busy guy, but I'm ready to rock and roll here with you guys. So. Now we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get some stuff rocking here in a minute. Next up, we just got to give a shout out to our producer at Dynasty Dude. Uh, he has done this beautiful layout for us. Um, always hipping up with the music. The guy just does some amazing work. So we're super super lucky to have him on board. Um, but before we kick into this uh, into this uh, little rookie mock that we're going to review, uh, my man Nate's going to kick it off with something. 
So we just had a quick announcement uh, before we dive into the show. Um, Sons of Dynasty has officially partnered with the Fantasy Points Media Group. It's something that has been in the works since last year. Um, you know, we waited and took our time with building it, and we are extremely excited about this partnership. We have a lot of great friends at Fantasy Points, you know, from True North. We got Nick over at uh, Play to Win Fantasy. They have a great squad over there. We're extremely excited to be a part of it, to produce some great content in 2022, not just Dynasty, but DFS as well. And we do have a promo code. It's SUNS22 uh, for 10% off of a premium Fantasy Points subscription. So go over there and be sure to check that out. But um, with the business out of the way, I'm ready to jump into the show. Uh, so I'm going to throw it to Dan. He's got our first player in the first round. Yeah, appreciate that, Nate. And I echo everything you said about the Fantasy Points Media Group. Super excited to be a part of that moving forward into this year's and, and just to be a part of the growth. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some of these rookies. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned we're going to talk some first round guys, some second round guys, and, and even some late round guys. But we're going to start with, uh, you know, some of these early first round guys, maybe, maybe late first round, but guys that you can expect to find somewhere in the first round. And, and the guy that I'm going to be talking about is, uh, you know, you're going to have to find him at the very beginning. And that's my guy, Drake London, uh, an Atlanta Falcon as of now. And, and, you know, I can only say so much about this guy that's already been said. Obviously, uh, the Falcons gave him the capital. And, and, and it allows my, uh, you know, my Falcons, our Falcons, uh, you know, a little bit of flexibility too, as far as the Calvin Ridley situation. He obviously, as of now, will miss this upcoming season. So I think Drake London is going going to see pretty much one of the better opportunity shares based on all these I incoming rookies that he can get. I mean, Kyle Pitts, yes, while he's there and is going to be a mainstay, uh, I, I think that there's plenty enough volume to go around with these two guys mostly being the main two beneficiaries uh, of the volume pie. Drake London is, is, is high on my list. Just everything he can do as far as his speed outs and his, the, the agility that he shows for his size. I think he is a good fit for – uh, the, the Atlanta offense, you know, works well off of play action. Uh, you know, I, I just think he is a good fit here in Atlanta. And while, you know, the quarterback situation doesn't look great right now, um, it doesn't have to. You know, I'm, I'm still buying London here in redraft even just because uh, of the volume that I mentioned. But uh, from a dynasty perspective, he, he is going to get every opportunity to make a splash here this year. And his vault, his value is going to hold hold true, uh, you know, even with with the quarterback out that, that he has put, given this year. So you're going to get that that production, that year one production. And even if things go south, he's already got a scapegoat on the season. You're not going to see a value decrease for this guy at all. It is only going to go up if and when the Falcons do indeed find their future at the quarterback position. I mean, and it's sky high for Drake London and Kyle Pitts right now. Right now you can still get, I mean, Kyle Pitts, obviously, uh, you know, tier one, but uh, I think where Drake London is going from a startup perspective today is still a value based on what you're going to get from him one year from now. Yeah, Dan, I, I love what you said there. Uh, he's good with the play action because the Falcons are building this offense basically to be a kind of a run centric unit with Mariota and even with Desmond Ritter as you know the backup quarterback is what we're thinking now anyway. But I think there's going to be a ton of play action um, in this offense. So I think Drake London is a perfect fit here. Um, the guy I'm going to talk about is actually 
on, you know, my hometown team too. It's Jamison Williams with the Detroit Lions. They traded up in the first round to take him at number 12. Jamison Williams is a guy that a lot of people are obviously a little bit timid with because of the ACL uh, injury in the national championship, which I completely get and understand. But I think what the Lions do here is they add a lot of speed to this offense. He's obviously extremely fast, and speed is something that this offense needs. You know, when you think of Jared Goff, you don't think of the deep ball, but it's going to open up the field for guys like Hawkinson, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown. And the Lions are really starting to build um, more of a concrete foundation versus a sand foundation with just star players attached, you know, at the top. And year after year, we've seen it crumble. But Dan Campbell and those guys are really starting to do a lot of good things. And I think it's going to turn around um, as far as redraft grows. I think Williams might need a little bit of time. I'm not saying he won't be productive first year, but. I think it may take him some time to get rolling, especially coming off an injury. We see Amon Ra come on late at the end of last year. Uh, for Dynasty, I like him a lot. I'm seeing him go at the end of the you know the first round in most of my drafts. I've only done three or four so far, but I like where he's going. I like the potential. I like the upside. I like the speed. And what I love the most is this guy loves football. I watched his uh, his media session after the rookie camp, and he wouldn't put the ball down, and he was getting made fun of, but he just loves the game. He loves football, and he's all about it. So I'm, I'm stoked for the Lions, and I'm taking Williams if I can get him at the at the end of the first round. I'm all about it. Craig, uh, Craig, you're on the clock. Who do you got, bud? Yeah, so the guy that I'm talking about in the first round is Sky Moore, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a very, very interesting prospect because he was actually recruited to Western Michigan as a three-star cornerback. Converts to wide receiver. First year there, he has 51 receptions, 802 yards, and three touchdowns. That's pretty good for any freshman. And then you take into the fact that he was a corner who only had scholarships from four schools, and Western Michigan was the best one. The other ones were Howard, Robert Morris, and I can't forget. I can't remember the fourth one right now. I think, oh, Rice, that's who it was. So you take that into fact, 2020 season is COVID short and can't really take too much of that. Plays 12 games in 2021, 95 receptions, 1,292 yards, 10 touchdowns. Everybody's kind of surprised when he declared because you don't see these max school guys declare early. And then everybody started digging into the film and he just kept rising up draft boards. Goes into a wide open wide receiver room in Kansas City. They got Juju Smith-Schuster there. He's just on a one-year deal. And aging Travis Kelsey. I know Travis Kelsey's still very good, but when we're talking from a dynasty's perspective, this is a guy that could be the number one option long-term for Patrick Mahomes, who we obviously think of as one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football. They signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well. It's a fake three-year, $30 million deal. He can be cut next offseason and save $7 million. Only have $4 million in dead cap. That's nothing. Nicole Hartman hasn't done anything on the last year of his rookie contract. Yeah, they brought in Justin Ross. This isn't 2018 anymore. He hasn't done anything since 2018. And he has the injury histories. He couldn't separate last year at college. Ran one of those, you know, he had the, one of the, for the 10-yard split, it was one of the worst percentiles of any wide receiver ever coming out. Yes, Josh Gordon's there too. Go back to Justin Ross. This isn't 2018 anymore. He's still only 21 years old. This is a guy that's good and going to be able to play right away in this offense. Going to be a little bit of a versatile weapon. Is he going to be Tyreek Hill? No. But he's going to be a very good wide receiver, especially in a PPR setting. Tied to Patrick Mahomes long-term. None of these other guys around him are probably going to be there long-term either. And unless they make a major, major investment, which the Chiefs are probably going to be picking late in the first round, so it's not like they're bringing in another stud to replace him. It's going to be a very good like pick overall for Sky Moore and possibly a very good career. And he's a guy that's already a good route runner. He's got clean releases, and he had the biggest hands at the combine. 
out of any wide receiver and his uh 10 yard split for the 40 yard dashes in the 99th percentile so can't really say too much there uh reception perception for matt Harmon. he grayed out in the tops of the class versus zone coverage and i believe he's second first press coverage yes he played against lesser corners so there is the competition there but he is a guy that has been able to win on the inside and on the outside i love it man that's sky Moore is such a great pick and perfect perfect landing opportunity playing with mahomes man he's an absolute smash if you can get him in drafts this year my man rusty super excited for us Elon Burks, which I actually have a lot of shares of so far, so I'm pretty happy about that. But I've actually seen him go as the first receiver off the board to, I think someone drafted him at the 1.9, so towards the back of the, the first round of the draft. Um, one thing that I noticed was that Tennessee was obviously the big news. A.J. Brown, not there anymore. So he gets to go play in Philly. And... They were comfy with sending him away and then drafting Burks, big athletic guy. Um, I think one thing that a lot of people might uh, – I got – Robert Woods is still there coming off the ACL injury, but I still think that Burks is just going to – he's going to be in there right away. This Kyle Phillips guy is kind of a sneaky guy too. I don't think that was anybody's sleeper, but <laughs> maybe it was. Was it? Okay. <laughs> no. I won't talk to him too much. But I, but he's been looking pretty good too, and um, – but I think Burks is going to be locked and loaded uh, early in that offense. And, you know, Derrick Henry's still there, obviously, too. But they're going to find a way to uh, get the ball around and, and get him the ball. So I'm really excited about him. And I think that he's going to be doing really well this first year. Yeah. I like what you mentioned there. You said you you mentioned that he was going, you know, early at, in the first round and at the end. I've seen the exact same thing, man. So people are yeah. kind of all over the board with him. So there's value to be had there for sure. And it's kind of wild how they replaced uh, AJ Brown with him. You know, I get it in a way. In a way, it's it's still kind of crazy to me, but it's 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 definitely a good pick. Well, and, and with with these rookie drafts, these wide receivers, you know, that that we've all chosen here. Uh, you know, it really just comes down to league preference. They're all shuffled in. There hasn't really been much consistency as far as even the wide receiver one. I, I mostly, yes, I am seeing Drake London. And if I had to pick, he is the wide receiver that I see picked first more often than most. But outside of that, I mean, it is shuffled. Uh, we were talking just before we went live. I had Chris uh, Olave fall into my lap there at the 111 in a super flex draft. And I, I was ecstatic about it. Um, you know, I, I typically have him right around the 107 to 108 area. Uh, so to get him a few picks later, uh, I was excited about. But that just goes to show you, uh, you know, it's it really – draft dependent is where these wide receivers are going to land. You know, you're going to get Brees Hall up there. You're going to get a couple of wide receivers and then immediately, uh, you know, it, it's the other running back Walker. They're coming off the board, followed by the next few wide receivers in whichever order they go. But it's been fun, man. Get getting a bunch of exposure to a bunch of different guys based off that. A lot of times if you find yourself constantly picking at the 107, 108, you find yourself constantly making the same pick. That's not the case this year. Uh, there, there's good shakeup in each and every draft, and it's been fun thus far. And I will just say with Burks, too, it is important to note that he did produce pretty much for three years at the SEC level. There is some – I will say, obviously, since people blew it up the other day, that he left practice early. 
He's had asthma in his career. This is a guy, though, that there are some weight concerns with him, whether or not he stays in shape long term. He kind of fluctuated weight at Arkansas. There is rumors that he wasn't in the best shape going into the combine, tried to compensate for it like last minute. And maybe that's why he didn't test as well as people would have thought. So just know, like when you're in a dynasty league, thinking long term, this is a guy that could potentially balloon up kind of like a Kelvin Benjamin did a couple of years ago after he had the one good year with Carolina. So there is some concern there, but hopefully he goes into Tennessee, they get him in with a dietitian and he gets all that stuff straightened out. Yeah, man. He, like I said, he's definitely by far like one of the, uh, one of the guys in these drafts that's just all over the place, but you know, we're all, we're all taking shots on our guys anyways. So uh, I'm going to finish this up with uh, Garrett Wilson. The Jets took him number 10 overall. They made the statement. They said, we want to get another wide receiver in here. We want to get a stud. Boom. You just call him wide receiver two up there. No, he's my no. two. He, he's he's okay. my two behind. Oh, London. he's. I was. I'm like, what do you? Okay, there we go. He's your two. Okay. Yeah. No, but, I feel like uh, I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown is scaring a bunch of people off of him. I and, agree. And Elijah I don't Moore? think that needs to be the Elijah, case. Elijah Moore. Yes. Or, or yes. Um, uh, sorry. You, you I, know, I think, it, I think both of them can coexist. I agree with you. I mean, it, the biggest thing is going to be can Zach Wilson take that next step. I mean, he looked like shit last year. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was it was an awful uh, – he just couldn't get the offense running. He seemed a little bit better at the end of the year, but at the same time, um, you know, they're surrounding him with the weapons. It's up to him to do it, you know, do what he does with it. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a perfect wide receiver for him. I do like Wilson better than I like um, than I like Elijah more. Um, I think I think Wilson can come out and take that wide receiver one role right from the get go. Um, he is just such a great route runner, great hands, great separator. He does everything on the field that you need. He can go all three levels. You know, he works in that. You know, he works in that. You know, intermediate area. So that's where he's going to have a lot of success because Zach Wilson. Like, we don't know if he's going to actually be hauling it down the field much. So it might be a dink and dunk. Let these guys get the yak and all that kind of stuff. So I love. Um, I love Wilson. Super excited for him. Um, all right, let us move to round. Those guys fit together so well, though. I mean, yeah, they really it, do. It, they they're not gonna butt heads as as far as uh, work goes in. I mean, you could still see both of these guys in the year with twenty plus percent target share at year's end. Uh, and I'm buying into both of these guys. I think I think the community feels a little hesitant, and, and that's with Elijah as well with with Wilson coming Wilson. in. But I think I think both guys are a value. I am a believer in the Zach Wilson next year step up, and, mm. and I'm I'm willing to buy on Wilson. I said uh, he is my current wide receiver two in this class. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, it's I've said it a few times. I've seen a few drafts. Wilson is definitely dropping in dynasty drafts. Like you're getting great value on, get him great value on him later in drafts. So absolute smash. And you know, I, like I said, I hope he does uh, take that next step because I love to see him be successful. Um, it's just that you know you get that year one jitters after watching some of that tape, and you're just like, woof. Mm -hmm. but uh, but at the same time every rookie quarterback had that last year besides 100 so it's not uncommon to see it's just we we as like a community have become so accustomed to seeing like these rookies come out and play right really well right away we got to understand that that's not the norm and not jump ship as soon as something bad happens yep 100 all right boys so it is time to move to round two so d Who's your guy? Let's talk. 
I am coming on, on on a guy who hasn't been as popular. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a surprise to most people with the draft capital that he got, and that's Jahan Dotson that we are talking about there for the uh, – what is it? The Commanders? Is that what I'm supposed to be calling them at this point? Yeah. Huh. The Washington Commanders. Uh, you know, that they felt the need to make the pick, and um, from what I've heard thus far in, in camp – um, Ron Rivera said, as advertised, uh, you know, so apparently he's looking good, make, making routes run, uh, uh, look good. And, you know, that, that that's what we kind of want to hear, I guess, at this time of year. Um, a little bit of news, a little bit of hype. But I think the landing spot doesn't really feel great for most. But if you look a little bit closer... Uh, you know, from a dynasty perspective, especially, there is ambiguity there at the wide receiver position there for the commanders. You know, Terry McLaurin is in the midst of a contract dispute as we speak. Curtis Samuel, last year's free agent kind of splash, if you will, uh, you know, ha- has really struggled to stay healthy. And the 2021 third rounder in Diami Brown has really kind of failed to make an impact his uh, rookie season. I don't know that he's necessarily going to make a, a step up. So uh, Jahan Dotson could be a guy that, that that really does end up becoming a more of a feature player. Uh, we, you know, he, he, he took on a huge role in, in college and, um, you know, he, he's just really got great body control and hand-eye coordination. Uh, he's extremely fun to watch it if you do end up watching some film on him or or get a chance to see him in the preseason. A really fun wide receiver to watch just as, as he kind of manipulates with his body and gets these DBs looking foolish regularly. Um, it's a guy that I'm excited about, and, and while I don't love the quarterback um, direction that this team currently has, I don't think that this team is going to make a ton of noise, and I think they are more than likely going to be uh, continue to be in that quarterback market until they get something right. Wentz is just a a bridge quarterback. The 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 same thing that Wentz was this past year in Indy is the exact same thing that he is this year. They're they're just kind of letting letting him ride this out and looking for the next big deal. And I think Jahan Dawson is going to really be the the only real feature guy there that they're going to have there one year from now, especially if things don't work out with Terry McLaurin. I'm a big Terry fan, um, but if, if things don't work out with Terry and he's gone, I mean, Dawson could be walking into that, that real wide receiver one role quickly post this season. I think you I think you nailed it when you said the, the direction the team is going with quarterback. That's my that's my biggest hesitation. It's not a knock on Dotson's abilities, but um I look at the commanders and I see a lot of the Detroit Lions, you know, they have they're building a foundation, um, you know, from the ground up. Good solid, you know, defense that's on the up and up, but you know, the quarterback's just not a quarterback that you're likely gonna win a lot of games with. So um for Dynasty, I definitely like it a lot, but for redraft, I'm for sure more hesitant. But um yeah. Uh, the guy I'm going to talk about is Desmond Ritter. Um, this isn't necessarily a guy I'm all over, but I thought it was a guy worth talking about since so many of us are now in two QB or super flex leagues and such. Uh, he was drafted by the Falcons who did sign Marcus Mariota in the off season. Mariota has battled injuries throughout his career. So there's a chance that Ritter could end up seeing the field this year. He was a four-year starter at Cincinnati. And you know, I mean, for the most part, he was a four-year winner, played in 50 games, completed 62% of his passes. Uh, he's the kind of quarterback I like for fantasy football because he's mobile. He can get around, he can throw on the run and things like that. 
Uh, he's also got a pretty big arm, but you know, I do worry about his accuracy quite a bit. I've seen him miss a lot of easy throws in the film that I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Ritter, I only have one share so far. I am only through three or four drafts, but uh, I think there's potential there for Ritter to see the field this year. And I was just kind of curious, you know, what you guys thought about Desmond Ritter and him landing in Atlanta. Go ahead. I mean, you want, you want me to chime in here? Yeah, I, I, could, I, could see you ch- I could see you just getting close to the screen. So go ahead. Man. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't mind the pick by Atlanta here. My, my big thing was is I didn't want to go QB at eight. You know, and as right. long as as long as the Falcons avoided going QB at eight, uh, I was going to call this a successful draft for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. And so, while they did end up putting a little bit of capital at the quarterback position, I think it was necessary at, at this point. And just maybe, I mean, just maybe, you know, they they don't have to invest big th- this offseason, you know, or or whatever. He's got an opportunity here, just 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 as big of an opportunity as as Mariota's had, uh, you know. But Mariota. While we've seen glimpses in the past uh, that that look promising, he, he's failed to do it on a consistent basis, and I, I think ultimately that's what's kept Mariota, uh, you know, kind of up under uh, wraps for the most part. But you know, the the excitement of Desmond Ritter and the unknown of of how he will perform at the next level. Um, it's exciting, you know, and, and, and having that even as a, a slick backup plan for Mariota is exciting and, and allowing him to maybe get a few meaningful reps this year. Again, we mentioned the, the Falcons and having that out for, for the quarterback position, this being, you know, shipping Matt Ryan off and he's going to go do great things for the Colts. So, you know, I, I love Matt Ryan, love, love what he did for for the city of Atlanta, but uh, you know, this is a turnover year and and that's that's just a growth year for a lot of these young guys. The Falcons are essentially breaking it down. I mean, you think about uh, there's there's not many guys there from even a few years back in in the uh, Dan era, you know. So, um, you know, it's exciting though and whether or not Ritter is the answer for the Falcons at quarterback, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. But he, he's an exciting little project that, that the Falcons regime has uh, under their belt at this time. Right. And the, the one thing I do also want to mention is they didn't invest a ton of draft capital in him. So he is still replaceable. They used him as uh, he's the 74th overall pick. I feel like essentially oh, what they did, I feel like essentially what they kind of did was if Mariota does get hurt, they have a quarterback that is a very similar play style that can run the same offense. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of Ritter, the player. I, you know, I thought he right. was a, I thought he was like the most, NFL ready quarterback in the draft, honestly, just from what I've seen. Um, so that, but you're right though. There's two things. The, if Ritter wants to win this job, he needs to win it early and then he needs to get Atlanta to be winning some games. He's got to bring them out of that early top, you know, 10 pick where they could potentially get a future quarterback there. That's the only way that he's going to be successful. You know, that's the only way he's going to find the success. If they've got a top three pick next year, it's pretty much lights out for him. So you're taking a gamble. I mean, like I said, the Davis Mills effect from last year, you know, we've seen the third round, uh, you know, a guy that you were getting in the third round of rookie drafts who is now starting this year, what it looks like potentially, unless something crazy happens with Baker. Uh, you could kind of see the same thing with Desmond Ritter. So um, you're getting him in the second round. I think it's a good spot for him. I think it's worth the gamble, in my opinion, as long as it's not too early. Uh, but he is on a really short leash. Uh, Devin, my guy. You're up next. I think. Oh, I'm me. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is you. Sorry. I, uh, I, 
Go ahead, and, and you got a good I pick, do, too. I think I have some quick thoughts on Ritter, though, too. I think just depending on the nature of your dynasty team, if you're trying to take them in dynasty, you're probably going to end up with some decision point whether you take Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter. If you're a team that's not contending now, you're probably better off sitting on Malik Willis because you can put him on your taxi squad and wait. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a team that's in the middle or think I'm going to contend, there's no way I'm touching Malik Willis. I'm going to draft Desmond Ritter. If I'm not already trading this pick, I'm trying to trade this pick for like a 2023 second round pick. If I can, most people are probably not going to give you that. You take Desmond Ritter here. I don't think Marietta starts more than like eight games next year, to be honest, because the Falcons are not going to be good. Sorry, Matt and Dan, close your ears if you don't want to hear that, but... It's not a big secret. They're one of the top three teams to have the top overall, you know, in terms of chance to have the top overall pick in next year's draft. So I think what you have here is a guy that gets an opportunity to show himself. He's a mobile quarterback. He, not that he ran a lot at Cincinnati, but if you can get somebody excited about that, you can recruit the second round pick in next year's draft where there is a little bit more talent. That's what I'd be trying to do with Desmond Ritter personally. I don't think he's much long term. My comp before he came out and ran well at the combine was actually Blaine Gabbard, a guy that started a lot of games in college. He was drafted, you know, he's getting a lot of hype going into the draft, ended up going first round. Desmond Ritter, where you thought was going to end up being the same way, but he's just kind of like a faster Blaine Gabbard in a way to me. The important thing to know about him is kind of his mechanics and the inaccuracies is what caused people to deter. When I watched his junior year, was not very impressed, but he's been working with Jordan Palmer for two years now, and you actually seen his mechanics get better and better over time, but the deep ball accuracy is still not there yet. Yeah. Um, so let's so see. jump into your boy here. Some guy that we've yeah. all been a little excited about. I've been <laughs> excited about him. Yeah, I know. And I know you got more of the deep dive stats. I didn't go into deep into that, but Tyler is here wide receiver out of BYU. So he was a redshirt junior there. He was a former two-star prospect. He actually put on some weight at BYU, too. A lot of people don't actually realize that. He, Richard, the freshman year, he mainly played linebacker. His um, redshirt freshman year, I guess you can call it. He had 17 carries that year as well and a couple of receptions. 26 tackles as a linebacker. And then 2020, when Zach Wilson kind of had his breakout, Tyler Algier also had his breakout. So for me personally, when I was watching Zach Wilson film, when he started getting some hype and I started watching him, I'm like, who's this running back? Because he's actually really good. And you just watch him there, and then I look up his stats, and he's got over a thousand rushing yards. So he had 150 carries for 1,130 yards, 13 touchdowns. He had 14 receptions and 174 yards, which didn't sound like a lot, but Zach Wilson was also a mobile quarterback, so he took off and ran a lot of the times when he was able to do so. So he wasn't dumping the ball down. But Tyler Algier, what you get here is a good back in terms of pass blocking receiving the ball of the backfield he's a big physical runner obviously since he did play a little bit of linebacker as well he's five foot 11 221 pounds i was at the nfl combine personally this dude's shoulders are as big as your head like it's not even like it's just scary kind of uh then this year he had 276 carries 1601 rushing yards 23 touchdowns which I get BYU is not the greatest school in the world. They don't face the greatest competitions, but 23 touchdowns is still 23 touchdowns. doesn't really matter what level you're at. He had 28 receptions, 199 yards. He goes into Atlanta. They have a wide open running back room at this point in time. They already cut Mike Davis. Cordero Patterson, he was really good last year, but it sounds like they're going to try to use him more at wide receiver. And then obviously he's, older too it was his ninth year by the time he broke out at the nfl level so they're probably not going to want to get a lot of wear and tear on him too they still want him to be a good kick returner and all that damian williams is really the other back there he's 30 years old and to be quite frank he looked like crap for the bears last year 
And then there's Quadri Olison, who literally hasn't done anything in like three years at the NFL level. So Tyler Algier is a guy that could potentially come in and, you know, get into a workforce load at the NFL level right away. And especially if, you know, they just trade for Brian Edwards and they signed Auden Tate and they signed some of these other guys to play wide receiver. If they don't impress and they want to put Cordero Patterson out at wide receiver and Algier shows off like in rookie mini camp and training camp and the preseason, that gives them an opportunity to do that as well. So a guy that you're probably getting towards the end of the second round could return some value. And even if he just gets you some couple of games this year where he has some production, you trade him off for a better pick next year. That could be some value. And he's one of these guys that came in from this year's class that I think he could have the job beyond this year. I can't say that about some of these other guys. I think the running back class coming in next year is very, very talented, and they're going to steal a lot of jobs and or at least take over parts of backfields because <laughs> we see more NFL teams with 17-game schedule going to a committee approach, whether it's two running backs or three running backs. Yep. I love it, man. I, I'm, I was a big Algier fan coming up, and I had put out a couple tweets earlier about him and love his play style, love his physicality, man. He's just a bowling ball. Um, excited to see what he does in Atlanta, man. It, it's, you know, it's not often that, you know, you see a, a third round pick come in and have the opportunity he could possibly see, but it's exciting. Oh, I will, right. say, I will say it would too, real quick. Just one thing that I didn't mention he had a 10% college target share, 77th percentile. That's kind of like, when you're looking at over that 8%, that's kind of that factor that you look at for translating over to the pro game. So he does have that ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think he's actually very underrated and wasn't used as much as he could have been at BYU in that regard. Yep. Facts. All right, Rusty, you're up, brother. All right. I think you guys know how excited I am for this one. <laughs> uh, I got no. David. Yeah, I talk about him all the time. David Bell, my guy. I think I got him in just about every league that I've drafted it so far. Um, and actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, so, like, when we had the wedding, it was over the NFL draft. So I missed, you know, some of those later rounds and whatnot. But I was getting, you know, picks filled in for me. And I, had, my buddy had told me that he went to the Browns. And at first, I was like, shit. <laughs> and then, but then, I, you know, I, I thought about it. And, you know, we'll see what happens with this whole uh Watson thing you know but I mean that's huge at quarterback having throwing me the ball um Stefanski sounds like he really wanted him really wanted to go get him in, in the third round there so you know use him right Landry is gone so maybe he plugs into that role a little bit um I've seen some comps Keenan Allen Devontae Adams for this guy which take that how you will but that's pretty exciting stuff for me um one thing that I did see that I a stat that I thought was pretty interesting was he's had 41 contested catches since 2018, and that's first among power five wide receivers. So I think this guy is just going to be he's he's catching balls for sure, but I think he's he could be a really good playmaker there for uh, for the Browns. But mm -hmm. like I said, that whole Watson thing, I don't know how that's going to shake out. I don't think anybody does right now, but. Um, that could be pretty huge if he gets uh, him throwing him the ball. So, let me ask you, Rusty, what's the earliest that you've spent on David Bell in a rookie draft? I've uh, two point two. Two point two. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, that, I feel like bad, that's man. that's right there. Uh, you know, if He's you're in ball. need of a wide receiver, 
you know, that's that's right there at, at value. 2.2 all day for me with David Bell. If, if, if my team needs a wide receiver and, and of course, you know, Dotson and maybe maybe even the next guy that Beasy's about to talk about right now, uh, I, I'd have to think about potentially. Uh, unfortunately, the thing with with Pickens, uh, BZ, and I, I'll let you have your bread here in just a minute, is I have so many Deontay shares that, you know, it's just like Claypool. I, I don't have any shares of Claypool because of my Deontay shares, except for that one trade, BZ, that you and I are working <laughs> on right now. Well, dude, uh, it you does don't... involve Deontay <laughs> and Claypool. Dude, half of our Deontay and Claypool teams are because we've traded the we've gone back and forth with each other on this one. Uh, I'm a massive Deontay fan. Don't get it twisted by any means, man. I love Deontay, but I also love you know making some trades and getting some value in and with some other stuff. So, um, Pickens, uh, when Pittsburgh comes out and they draft a wide receiver in the second round, you need to take notice. Big facts. This kid is a bulldog. He's mean. He's vicious. You know, I I, I love his I love his personality. Um, you know, and him coming off the ACL. I mean, he's on nine months now. Uh, you know, ran a four four seven at the at the at the combine. Um, you know, recently he was speaking without. He said he feels really good. There, he got him out there running all over the place. You know, catching passes, uh, doing his thing. Um, I'm super. I, I, you know, again. This has the makings of something's going to happen at Pittsburgh in the next year. It's either going to be Deontay's getting a contract or Claypool is going out. Um, Deontay, Pittsburgh is not known for pay, uh, for pay, you know going up and actually paying their wide receivers. So Deontay could be on the move. Uh, Claypool, we'll see what happens with him. I, I, I like him going this year. Um, hopefully they move him into the slot and take advantage of his size and his speed in that area and put Pickens on the outside and see what he can do. But um, – Pickens is a guy that I like, especially when you, if you can get him in the second, like at the you know early second. I think he's a great piece that you could stick on your taxi for a year, uh, see how he develops, let him get you know get his feet underneath him with that ACL. Um, but again, too, it's like I've always said, man, if Pittsburgh's taking a wide receiver in the second round, I am listening because I'm also a Steeler fan, so don't you know and that's part of it. But uh, I'm definitely listening because that's that's one spot where they have just been hitting consistently for years. Well. Uh, I'll say two with Pickens though. I think what Pittsburgh could do, they could rotate all three of these guys through the slot because Deontay could play the slot. He didn't really do it last year. Claypool's mm-hmm. played a little bit of big slot in the past and in college. And Pickens, I know it was sub 20%. I believe it was not this past year, but the year before that. Mm-hmm. He actually looked decent when he played in the slot. There is some concerns there. Obviously, the ACL, some character concerns as well. And the fact that like 80% of his production came from go routes and slant routes so he's not developed yet but this is the boom bust prospect if you're taking it at the end of round one with yep. everybody else around there if you're hoping for upset like if you're not trying to draft a chris olave or Jahan dotson the kind of safe player or james cook or somebody like that you're shooting for upside you're picking george pickens or you're picking christian watson that's just kind of what it is this year for for every reason that you were drafting uh chase claypool you are drafting george pickens yeah. And, and unfortunately, it is both the Steelers, but just getting that, I mean, Claypool still to this point, you know, just the sheer size and speed and, and what Claypool can do. We, we saw glimpses of it. Uh, you know, that ceiling is there. And that's also what you do get with George Pickens. And as coach alluded to, the floor might be a little bit lower than an Olave or a Dotson. 
But if you're looking for a guy that can really bring you that true ceiling, George Pickens there at the beginning of the second round is your guy all day. I love that pick. I'll also Ah, say don't sleep on Calvin Austin. This dude, yeah, Deontay moves on. That dude's going to be very, very important, and he's a baller. I don't care how big he is. That dude is a baller. Yep, he's a he's a great taxi ad because he's going so late in drafts and Pickens is the prime piece right now. People are not even looking at Austin. I love him taking him everywhere. Yep. Well, and, and that that's similar to the next guy that we're going to talk about, and and our guy Kyle Phillips. You know, as we get here into the third and fourth rounds of these, uh, you know, these rookie drafts, the Tennessee Titans, you know, made the big splash trading AJ Brown, uh, my kinfolk there to Philadelphia, but they added second round second round wide receiver, uh, you know, as as well as. Um, Traylon Burks there in in the first though they they added Kyle Phillips with the number one sixty three overall I believe it was um, you know so adding a little bit more wide receiver depth the moment that the Titans traded away AJ Brown I mean the opportunity there in Nashville is exponential and so obviously the you know everybody's floating to Burks and rightfully so he's going to have a hundred plus targets guaranteed this season and and potentially be able to step into, uh, as we mentioned, what AJ Brown was able to do. Now, AJ Brown is, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's not mistake for a second that think that Burks is going to step in and be AJ Brown. Uh, Not many people can do that. And while I am a big Burks supporter and, and as we mentioned, he does bode the skill set that, that that you're looking for as far as what AJ Brown was able to do. Um, but he is not AJ Brown and 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 therefore the opportunity is there. And Burks, yes, while many of them are expecting him to step in and, and really take all that opportunity, the opportunity is there for others as well. And Kyle Phillips, while selected much later and, and far less draft capital, that goes for the same for, for where he's going in rookie drafts. Burks is going top five. Kyle Phillips is going late third, early fourth round. And, and potentially both of these guys have the same opportunity to, to really come in here and grab a piece of pie that's available. And, and I mean, Phillips has, has obviously the reports are already starting to come out. You know, I feel bad because – I had Phillips here as as my guy, and, and it's actually a guy that JP and G and I talked about when I had him on a couple weeks back. I, I asked him, I said, who's one guy that you think post-NFL draft that people are going to be hearing a little bit more about versus, versus right now here before we see the capital? Kyle Phillips is a guy that not many people were talking about. Still, still a guy that not many people are talking about, if we're being honest, but he's got a huge opportunity here, and I love the cost, given where you can get him right now. I absolutely love the cost. The Titans haven't really been able to find, you know, that that true slot guy that that uh, that they need over the years. They've had some, you know, Tawan Taylor, Khalif Raymond, Adam Humphreys, Chester Rogers. You know, they've tried a bunch of pieces out, uh, you know, but without a a a real wide receiver alpha there at this point. Yes, Burks is there. Uh, as I mentioned, just the opportunity that that he's got there is is more than enough for me to want to take a stab here in the late third, early fourth round every damn time. I got a bunch of shares. I'm going to continue stacking them between now and then. And he has a clear path of playing on game days too, because he's a very underrated punt returner. And when you look past Traylon Burks That's and Robert Woods, 
what's on that team. It's Nick Westbrook, Akina, it's Chester Rogers. It's all these guys that really don't have any capital invested in them overall. And it's guys that he's better than in terms of the college stats. Right, and, and and all those guys that you just mentioned were forced into an opportunity this past season. And unfortunately, none of them really were able to capitalize on that. I think it, it is wide open in this receiving room. Yes, yes, Bobby Trees is there, the veteran presence, coming off of a, a rather significant injury at that age. I mean, I, I think we all know the best days of Bobby Trees are behind him. And I think what he can bring from a leadership standpoint to that locker room and that wide receiver room especially is really what the titans have him there for more than anything at this point i like I it man oh go ahead good ahead, coach uh, i was i was just gonna say you said it uh, a few times and it was oh, the word opportunity man and there's absolutely a ton of opportunity there i personally don't have any kyle phillips shares yet but um i you know to be honest i'm learning stuff right now and i probably will going forward I like it. I like it. Like it. Like it. All right. Next up, Coach. Oh, we're back to me already. Uh, it's no. actually okay, Nate. It's uh, Nate. Nate. Why do I keep doing that? I keep looking at this thing wrong. Nate, you're up. Nate oh, Buffalo. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill. I mean, Bill Belichick. So, again, opportunity. Uh, the guy I'm going to talk about is Tyquan Thornton. He was drafted by the Patriots at 50 over number 50 overall. They moved up to get him. He was largely projected as like a day three guy, I think, if I remember correctly, but. Uh, the Patriots moved up and grabbed him, kind of similar to what my Lions did. You know, they needed to add some speed to this offense. You know, the biggest issue with um, Keneal Harry was kind of he didn't have speed. You know, he was he was um, physical and, you know, had good hands, but he just lacked speed. So the Patriots have definitely added some speed to this offense. He ran one of the uh, fastest 40 times ever uh, at a 4 It's faster than Tyreek Hill. Um, it's faster than McCall Hardman, if I remember correctly. So there's a lot of speed there. Um, he's a former track star. He, you know, he's got the ability to adjust to off-target throws in the air, and he's got a lot of burst. I just watched a ton of film on him again today. I love this kid a lot. Uh, you know, I would say, I would say for uh, dynasty, I don't really know what his exact ADP is, but I've been seeing him fall like quite a bit in in my draft. So I've been grabbing him a lot of him, and uh, you know, Mac Jones didn't really. Oh, now number one wide receiver didn't emerge with Mac Jones last year. So the opportunity again is there for uh, Tyquan Thornton to step up in this Patriots offense, you know, and stretch the field and get some big plays. And, you know, I, I love him for dynasty. He's, he's one of my favorite picks. I, I like I said, man, you know, he's a, he's an interesting pick by Belichick. I was kind of surprised that they moved so far up to go grab him. I was too. Um, it mm-hmm. was kind of like one, like those uh, shit. Here we go, Bill. Um, so I have my hesitations on him. Um, you know, Jacoby Myers, you know, don't put the slander out there, brother. He would, no. he would, the dude, the dude made some plays last year, you know, he's, he, I, I, I like Jacoby a lot. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm interested. In, I, I, he's basically from what I've been seeing with Thornton, where I've been getting him and where I've been seeing him going at most recent is right around that three, five, three, six, three, seven range which is pretty dang good value for a second round rookie pick. Um, so, you know, he's worth the stab at that point. Um, and yeah, like I said, Max got the arm. So hopefully they'll put it all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll say too, like a lot of people are discounting him as just like this fast guy, but we also have to remember he's six foot two. He's probably going to add a little bit of weight, maybe lose a little bit of speed there, but this is a guy, obviously they want this role on their team. They brought in Nelson Aguilar for a reason last year. He didn't quite cut it. They used 
Kendrick Bourne a lot over the top last year, and now you're adding somebody that actually has legit speed. And this, it's not like he didn't do anything at Baylor. He had over a thousand yards receiving last season with subpar quarterback play. So he is a guy that could produce. It might not just be round, you know, uh, it might not be year one though. So just if you're picking this guy, be patient. But if you're grabbing him in the third round, there's potential value here. Like you mentioned, he's kind of going mid to late for third round at this point in time. He's my 301 personally in my rankings. Okay. Yeah, Does it I scare you him. at all thinking about the fact that Baylor wide receivers do not produce at the NFL level? Anybody? Uh, yes. So there's two folds to that. You got the Baylor. So he, you got two things working against him. Baylor wide receivers and wide receivers Bill Belichick has drafted. So there since he's go. been there, the only wide receiver that's really panned out has been Julian Edelman. You could argue a couple other guys. I know somebody was arguing for Matthew Slater, but he's just a career special teamer. So he has one career. Special teamer. Career. But <laughs> those guys are those guys are important. He's got like seven or eight Pro Bowls too, but it's just not a good combination. Baylor wide receivers really outside of Josh Gordon. We haven't seen anybody produce. We've seen one year of Terrence Williams where he had over 1100 yards, I believe it was. And then one year of Kendall Wright. And mm -hmm. that's been it at the NFL level, but it's just their route trees usually aren't as expansive yeah. as most exactly. prospects coming out. Nailed it. Got it. All right, Rusty, you're up. No, it's coach. Jeez, why do I keep looking at this? <laughs> yeah. Ah, so, it's a list. You just like saying my name. I, so I, got another wide, I got another wide receiver. We got a lot of wide receivers on this show so far. This is going to be an interesting one just because I know one of the other sleeper picks coming up. Yeah. So, so this is a deep one. It's a guy that probably most people aren't familiar with. It's Samori Tori, wide receiver. He's on the Packers now. He was at Nebraska last year. So we got to go way, way, way back in time. This guy was a two-star prospect. Went to the great state of Montana to play college at the FCS level. Redshirts his first year. He has, and then 2017, going all the way back to 2017. Since he is an older prospect, he's already 24 years old. He just turned 24. He's not Vilas Jones, who's turning 25. He's got a whole year younger than him. <laughs> We're not going too far off on that. Um, so he, so he had 31 receptions, 553 yards, five touchdowns as a redshirt freshman. 2018, there was 37 receptions, 440 yards, two touchdowns. So the first two years, not too much there. Get to 2019, 87 receptions, almost 1,500 yards, which led the big sky at that point in time. 13 touchdowns, he had one carry for 12 yards, too. He had a playoff game. A great, like granted, the FCS is not this great of a conference and everything, but this is the playoffs. So, this is the best of the best the North Dakota States, the South Dakota States, uh, University of Northern Iowa, all the good teams. He had 303 receiving yards in a game. I don't care what level you're playing at, what competition you're playing at. That's insane numbers, first of all. Doesn't play in 2020 because their season got postponed to the spring because of COVID. He ends up transferring to Nebraska. 46 receptions. Almost 900 yards receiving, five touchdowns. He had eight carries for 63 yards and one touchdown. Two, I'll say Nebraska was a freaking mess this year. Scott Frost obviously got fired for good reasons because he had no idea what the heck he was doing. Adrian Martinez somehow figured out a way to be at Nebraska for six years and get worse. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> and uh, he still put up decent numbers. And when he first got there, they had a lot of guys that transferred into that wide receiver room. So they were trying to figure out who was going to play, how they were going to use each of these guys. So you, the first couple of weeks of the season was a mess just because they didn't know how to use any of their wide receivers because all of them just came there. Stands at 6'1", 191 pounds right now. So it's an open wide receiver room. We all know that. Christian Watson was obviously the second 
round pick. They took Romeo Dubs in the fourth round, who I am personally not a big fan of. I think Samori Tori could be a better receiver than him, might even be a better receiver than him right now. He is, in my opinion, a poor man's version of Brandon Ayuk, who plays in a similar scheme, who's seen success in this scheme before. Didn't go to the Senior Bowl. He went to the Shrine Bowl. Dominated the Shrine Bowl. He had two touchdowns in that game. And then I'll say the two toughest opponents he had this year, Ohio State and Wisconsin. What did he do against these two teams? Four receptions, 150 yards, one touchdown versus Ohio State, and he was one yard short of having the second touchdown against them. And he burned, like, he caught the ball, and he just ran by their whole defense. We've seen Traylon Burks do it against some of the SEC guys at Alabama. He did the same thing versus Ohio State, but nobody's talking about that. And then the other game, Wisconsin, top defense according to stats last year in the country for college football. Seven catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Like I said, he's already 24. But this is a guy, don't be surprised if he comes in and he does something right away. Maybe Christian Watson is kind of raw like we expect. But this is a guy that could fit this scheme very well. And if Aaron, if he gains the trust of Aaron Rodgers, that's all it takes to be fantasy relevant. And this is a guy that's going maybe the back end of the fourth round, maybe the fifth round if you have it. Or you're just picking him up as a priority free agent. He's literally free. You grab him, stash him for a year, see if he does anything. If he doesn't, then you just cut him. You move on. There's no investment. Yeah, you can pick him up anywhere. He's, <laughs> just, yeah. I've, I've seen him out he's, there. So I picked him oh, up. He's on, he's on waivers. Yeah. He's on waivers. That's totally. for sure. Yeah. He ran a, I'll say two, two, or let me go back real quick just to, so he ran a four, four, eight, 40, but he had one of the best three cones of, any guy he could potentially play in the slot, he could potentially play on the outside too. So there's a lot of versatility and a good scheme fit there as well. Well, I think like you said with Aaron Rodgers, you know, whoever gains his trust, you know, and it doesn't end up in the doghouse can be huge for any of those guys. So, yeah. And the other two guys right. have some drop concerns. So if they start dropping the ball, exactly. then maybe he sneaks in there one week and just has a nice week. And then next thing you know, everybody's like, who the heck's this guy? Plus, he's got a fun name. Samori Tori. You can say that all day long. Yeah, sick. I'm sold. <laughs> I think he's actually faster than that 40 time he ran, too, just based on what I've seen watching him between Montana and Nebraska. So. I was literally almost going to say that, that he, he almost looks faster than that to me, too. Mm-hmm. All right, Rusty. Let's do it. Man. All right. I got the um, Keontae Ingram. So. He played at Texas for a couple of years, and then Robinson came in, pushed him out, and he ended up at USC for a year to finish things off. Drafted by Arizona, six-round guy. Arizona, uh, Chase Edmonds, not there anymore. And actually, BZ, I was kind of wondering what your thoughts on this were too because I know that uh, I had a lot of Eno Benjamin shares, and I know that you were a fan of his too. And I'm not going to play the game again like I did last year. You know, I've never been really uh, high on on James Conner. I want to say he's. I don't want to throw the injury risk, injury prone thing out there. Um, but I do think that Ingram could slot in there possibly. And I was kind of curious what your thoughts on were, with that. With you know, with Eno, if that's going to be a battle or. If Ingram just comes in, takes that out right away, potentially, 
I mean, I've seen that he's he could be a pretty good passing work, you know, down guy. He can, he's got some hands, and you know, he can make some plays. Um, Waldman did a video on him and and really likes him. Um, he he just he's he's a playmaker, and I think with Connor, you know, he proved me wrong last year. Obviously, you know, stayed healthy and 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 put up, you know, he was a touchdown machine. Um, so I'm not saying that Ingram's going to come and take anything away from him, but the potential is there, and it it does kind of make things interesting. So, no, I mean, I, I like I said it's I, I'm not, I was never a humongous fan of Eno Benjamin. I was a fan of his opportunity, and when he did get you know the little opportunity he did have last year, he actually looked pretty decent. Right. He looked he would he looked like he could at least play. Um, and you know, so when it comes into this year, when you see uh Chase Edmond leave, you have James Connor all in the backfield by himself, and you see Eno there, you're like, okay, this they could they could like what they see with this kid. Maybe they're gonna give him a shot. Now, Ingram Ingram's a good player. I mean, he's gonna definitely come in. He's definitely gonna they're both gonna compete for that uh, RB2 role. Um, you know, Eno might get the benefit of the doubt of just being the the vet now and just having the experience in the offense. So um, you know, if Keontae could come in and he can pick up, you know, path protection and and be solid on all three levels, and he could definitely get some work spelling James Conner. Um, but you know, you better believe this year is James Conner day, man. He's gonna he's gonna go have another year. I'm telling you, if he can stay healthy, he is a absolute value. I do not want to double down on that again because I was so very wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's it, listen, man, Connor. Uh, it's a, it's a hell of a story. The kids come. He's he's defied so many different odds. He probably shouldn't even playing in the NFL to be honest with you with what he went through. Um, so what he did was crazy, but you know, um, he does have the injury. He does have that injury history, and that could come rear its ugly head at any point in time. Um, you know, we're gonna cross our fingers it doesn't. But, um, you know, at this point, you know, you're kind of you feel like you're a little bit on borrowed time with that guy. So I don't know. That's just my opinion with Connor. But let's say I'll say one other thing, too, real quick, is they did add a receiving back as an undrafted free agent and Ronnie Rivers from Fresno State, who has a pretty good receiving production profile, but he's just not a very good athlete. So that's why he didn't end up mm-hmm. getting drafted. So he's a guy that ran like high four fives, low four sixes. But he has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So we'll see if he works his way into this group in this conversation. I think if you're talking about Ingram, though, it's just kind of that situation. If James Conner happens to go down and he starts for a couple weeks and you can sell high on him, that's the opportunity in Dynasty. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. I'm going to finish it up real, real quick. I'm just going to have some fun with Coach here for a second. We're going to play with the Packers wide receivers. I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. Um, Romeo you know. So, you know, this this whole Packers team, this is what I kind of feel. This whole Packers team is just kind of like one big shit show at the wide receiver position. We, you know, a lot of people like Christian Watson. I think he's very raw, um, you know, and these other receivers coming in, you know, they got some they got some athleticism. They've got some uh, deep speed, you know, deep ball, deep speed. Um, Dobbs, Dobbs is a guy that came in. I mean, you know, he's had a pretty decent college career in terms of where he was playing. You know, when a guy takes his first touch of his college career ever coming out of high school as a quarterback and he gets his first touch in college and he takes it for an 80 yard touchdown. That's that's pretty damn good, but that that's also just you know that's just a little fun thing just to kind of say you know. But no, he's 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 steadily increased over his years. Um, he's gotten better each and each year. Uh, like I said, he does have. Uh, there are some things that I don't like about him, but 
in, in my opinion, the Packers are going to have to dig deep here if they're going to want to be a playoff team again. And one of these guys on that bench is going to end up stepping up and taking over a role. Um, and, you know, it, which one was it going to be? We don't know. Aaron Rodgers is going to tell us in camp and in the preseason when he starts hyper-targeting a rookie, then whoever he hyper-targets, we're all going to be flying to see how many shares we got. So uh, it should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that offense and seeing what they can do, but I'll throw my money on Dobbs for this one. Yeah, I'll just say, too, part of what I don't like about Dobbs is people are taking him like in the third round. Like If you want to take him like at the back half of the fourth round, you add him as like a priority free agent or something like that i don't have, have a problem with taking that stab i just personally don't think it's a stab that's going to work out if you're an analytics person you probably love romeo dubs just because he had the back-to-back thousand yard seasons he played with a very good quarterback in carson strong who didn't get drafted because of other reasons mainly medical and some off the field character concerns when he was interviewing and at the senior bowl and set through one of the prettiest deep balls in the entire class. Romeo Dubs kind of calling card in college was that deep ball, like you kind of alluded to with that first career catch being an 80 yard touchdown. But I do have some concerns there too. Like, yes, he was winning versus Mount West Corners. They're probably running four seven. He unofficially had like he didn't even really have a real pro day because he had like a phantom knee injury that there's a lot of question marks around still. Like, did he really have was it really that bad? Like, cause he didn't run at the combine. He didn't run at his pro day, which was right. quite a bit after that. And then he had an individual workout where everything was hand time. So it was anywhere between four, four, eight and in, you know, four, five, four. And there's just a lot of question marks there. A lot of what I saw on tape, he's a guy that's six foot two, 200 pounds. He does not play like it. He plays a lot smaller than his size. And not in a good way. Not like that he's small and he's quick and elusive and all that stuff. He's essentially a zero after the catch. He had some drops that were concerned, like where Carson, uh, or excuse me, where Carson Strong like hit him in the chest and it literally just bounced off his hands. So some of that can be fixed at the NFL level. You get him from the jugs machine and it'll get better. He's a very, very limited route tree. Go routes, a couple slant routes, and, a, and like a little bit of a curl or hitch route. Like literally can't run anything else to save his life. And I just think he's a guy that's going to struggle right away. I think he's a guy that could potentially get an Aaron Rodgers doghouse early on, too. If he just doesn't run the route, right route at practice, if he starts right. dropping balls, I feel like he's a guy that could very, very easily get buried and like we never see from him again. So, absolutely. That's going to happen any of them, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's it. I, I totally hear that. It's kind of that's the game we play with those Packers wide receivers, man. Who gets Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' heart? Um, it's probably going to be Aaron Jones leading that team and receiving this year. So <laughs> that's the guy you want in fantasy in 2022. Um, but, you know, we've kind of come to the end here of our uh, our review. Uh, and, you know, we, we can always – yes, we definitely did miss some rookies. Um, I did not get into Olave just because you should already know. Uh, you know, we don't have to get into that. But it was a fun time. We're going to – we're going to uh, – any any other things we want to discuss here before we uh, we end it? Yeah, just a uh, big shout out to anybody who was able to join us tonight via YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our Sons of Dynasty YouTube channel where you'll find shows like this and many others, including SODFS uh, coming out for all of you DFS uh, junkies out there for uh, week one and and potentially even before. We'll probably do another episode uh, pre-week one just to kind of get some feelers out a and uh you know but lots of content uh coming down the line here 
with Sons of Dynasty. So make sure you are subbed to the YouTube page and stick with us as we continue this journey throughout the offseason. Nate, tell our uh, friends there about uh, a little bit more about Fantasy Points Media Group and, and that big get. Yeah, so once again, uh, we have partnered up with Fantasy Points for 2022. That is Sons of Dynasty and Sons of DFS. Uh, again, we're very excited about this opportunity to build, uh, build both brands, build our brand, build their brand, uh, interact with you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. As Dan said, SODFS Season 2 is coming. We still have more Dynasty content coming your way. And just to echo also what Dan said, you know, if you want to show us any kind of love, just sub to our YouTube page. Uh, it's well worth it. You're going to get great content over there. And the subs and the likes, you know, and the comments and the videos mean the world to us. So um, it's huge if you can do that. I uh, also want to say thank you to Brother Matt again for his behind the scenes work. He's been working hard all week on these overlays, you know, the music, redoing our intro. He's busy every day doing stuff for us, and he doesn't always, you know, he doesn't get the on-screen recognition that he deserves. So, again, uh, Brother Matt, thank you so much. Absolutely, man. And, well, that about does it for the show, fam. We appreciate you guys being here. And from all of us, you know, we're always here on the Twitter machine to help you guys out. Watch the videos, subscribe, hit us up on Twitter. Let's have a good offseason. Peace. He's a bad motherfucker.